Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, Tony, how's it going, Tony? Tony. Hey, Tony, <laughs> everybody in this movie's named Tony now. How's it going? It's... The show, <laughs> we're doing the show. If you haven't guessed from the accents, it's, it's a New York movie. It's so subtle. <laughs> New Hello, York man. City. <laughs> New York. And apparently the only other city in the world is Santa Fe, Mexico. New Mexico. The two oh, Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah. Which does not appear in this movie. So <laughs> no. Well, no, they only is. have the budget for one backlot set. That, that, that's it. They we were not going to Santa Fe. We were just waxing philosophical about Santa Fe, but that's all we right. can do. Yep. The platonic <laughs> ideal of Santa Fe. <laughs> This episode brought to you by Tony. <laughs> hey, Tits, come here, man. <laughs> so, okay. Natalie, I believe this was your pick. Was I the only one who hadn't seen it? Uh, Murph, have you seen this? I had not seen this. All right. So, well, go, cool Riz. household. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but I hoyed about it. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I I mean, that. I think we can end it now because. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. So, yeah, I I picked Newsies. Yes, My, I I picked Newsies. <laughs> I I loved Newsies as a child, and I I mean Disney Plus, it's there. So I'm like, let let's just let's go Newsies. Let's go Christian Bale musical. <laughs> yeah, why he not? seems thrilled about it. He uh-huh. he's so stoked on, <laughs> on singing, on wearing his little neckerchief, and like just. <laughs> given it his all or his sum or just he, 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 showed, he, up. he showed he showed up and did work he, he did you know, my, it he, he did my it. wife actually found a piece of trivia that i did not know and that's um when christian bale was auditioning he did he was not told it was a song and dance musical surprise mm. <laughs> and oh. like when, you, when yeah. you take that in stride the fact that he a kept going and b did as well as he does in this movie is just proof that he's a real trooper yeah, pro- props to Christian Bale. So should we just get into it? Yeah, I'd say so. All right. So. so so summary, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it short because uh Disney says workers' rights, well. I guess. And uh Christian Bale just says I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I I heard I think I was listening to another podcast at one point and they described the talent in this movie summed up as something like some kids who could sing, some who could act, some who could dance, but few who could do all three and that kind of tracks. And um, we are going to just get into this Disney musical from 1992 about 
about the newsboys strike in New York. <laughs> Warning. Tobacco, the horror. Oh, I, I love I love Disney warnings. Gotta just lay it out there. So hide your children. There are gonna be cigars Good. smoked by children. So note to self, <laughs> uh future episode. Thank you for smoking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we learn um that this story is based on actual events and a Doogie mm-hmm. Hauser's BFF is gonna tell us about it. That's who that actor is. And oh shit! Plays yeah. Racetrack. Yes, Racetrack oh, cool. is the Dookie Hauser's uh, buddy. Wow, and of course, I, I... given the accent that we hear right away, I'm guessing this script was written by Henry James. And don't worry, the English lit majors are laughing their tits off right now. <laughs> God, now I wish I was an English lit major because that sounds like an amazingly cheap top surgery. <laughs> well, I meant that Henry James wrote dialogue in dialect, but you know the shoe fits or the the binder rather. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> so we've got um we learn that there's orphans and runaways without a leader um have been uh, carrying the banner. We we hear about carrying the banner a lot and selling papes, not papers, papes. Papes. For the <laughs> newspaper so much time. Mm-hmm. Papes, just papes. For the newspaper giants of New York City, we get the music starting because yes, we are very much in a musical and we see one of those little ragamuffins sleeping on a statue we see the papers being printed it is 1899 in new york city and we are at the newsboys lodging house so we've got father time uh waking up the boys just this <laughs> old guy who runs the boarding house and the boys are just piled into bunk beds not ready for the day and oh look it is pre-Batman, Christian Bale, and a literal child smoking a cigar. <laughs> yeah, this is pre a lot of things, Christian Bale. And I think this is the first time I've seen a kid smoking a cigar outside of like Pinocchio. Yeah. And that was a cartoon. I mean, yeah, they, and... they joked about it in Roger Rabbit. I know that, but we didn't actually see the kids doing it. Yeah, we've got full-on kid smoking. And so cue oh, yeah. the singing <clears throat> and the old-timey New York accents. Like, <laughs> when did you become me, mutter? Like, <laughs> like, like we said in the beginning, every single one of them is now named Tony. So I, I don't make the rules. <laughs> uh, my my kids have been going like, you're walking here. I'm walking here. Like, and that is basically this whole movie is my that's, kids doing New York accents. Oh, my God. So, and that's such a different, yeah. different, decidedly kid inappropriate movie. Too. I was going to say Midnight Cowboy next on the <laughs> Natalie Household list. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't even know where they got that from, but my... <laughs> Milo was like, I'm working on my New York accent. I'm walking here. And that's just what I hear in my house. So well, that, that line is yeah. so ubiquitous. It's yeah. been parodied a million times. So yeah. Yeah. I doubt yeah, they've I... been watching Midnight Cowboy. No, I'm I'm wondering if it appeared in Simpsons or Futurama or something like it's, that. That they it's referenced more often than the winter of our discontent. Yeah. So uh so so my my kids maybe are auditioning for a revival of newsies, maybe. I don't know. But um we we're gonna keep meeting the newsies as they get ready for the day. There's a guy with an eye patch. All right. I did some digging on this yep. one because I, I like characters, that you did. Yep. A lot of the characters are not necessarily named on camera um mm-hmm. all the time. So this character with an eye patch is credited as Kid Blink. And Kid Blink is one of the named leaders of the uh, Newsboys strike in real life. His real name was Louis Belletti. Ooh. 
Yep. So I, I like that they that they worked in some of the the real really did. characters like, from this subtly, but but it's there. So I'm glad that they, you threw that in because I was going to go back and add that myself. So <laughs> they did my job. They worked for me. in they worked in a lot of a surprising amount of the actual like historical names and figures, and as we'll get to it as we go on. But even the events, yeah, um, they're they're fictionalized with the with you know what's going on, but they were true to life that they happened in this location, which is really kind of cool. Actually, going back and realizing it. Yeah, I mean, good good job Disney for doing a Disneyfied version of of a, <laughs> this real life thing. Um, so then we we come to a guy named Crutchy who looks like if he ordered Screech <laughs> from Wish, um, Dean Portman from The Mighty Ducks, and many others. You you wrote that in the notes, and I was like, you can't be serious. And I looked it up. And oh no! Like, oh shit! No, that's really him. Yeah. Oh my god! Yep. Is the character the character's name is Mush. Yeah. And Mush grows up to be <laughs> goddamn Portman. Bash Brothers in stereo. <laughs> true it all. Oh, yes. Carrie and the banner, true it all. And we get a ginger in a news cap yelling for the papers to move faster because he can make that happen. And the boys are just frolicking through the streets singing about carrying the banner, true it all. But wait, <laughs> let's listen to the nuns singing to the lost <laughs> children about how Jesus loves them. Suddenly penguins. I loved when Crutchy was popping his pussy into the music. <laughs> oh, he was. Oh, Cr- Crutchy. I mean, we were going to talk about Crutchy a lot, but he is he is putting his all into this. Crutch. Like, oh. So the Newsies get some bread while some lady just comes from her local community theater and sings her heart out looking for her own lost boy. And she came onto that set and gave it her all. I, it's it's a complete tonal whiplash, and it is one of those things that the movie is simultaneously trying to get us to remember, even as we see the kids kind of having rel- some like relative stability throughout. But the trying to get us to remember that opening text crawl that a lot of these kids are either orphans or runaways, and you you don't tend to actually live that long on the streets of the city in nineteenth century New York. Oof. Yeah, yeah, and uh. But on sort of a lighter note, the big news board <laughs> that people are writing on is kind of cool. It's like an old day tweet. Uh, wait, just kidding, Barf. We don't talk about that website anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but the whole home news outlet being uh, run by terrible rich white men <laughs> and some things never change. Boy, how so, little has changed. Boy, exactly. yeah. Nothing. Um, so we do get some exposition here with the guys singing about how the papes cost two for a penny. And if they don't mm-hmm. sell them, they say Weasel just makes me eat them after, which Weasel is the guy who sells them the papers. Um, so meaning that they don't get their money back. They sing about the importance of a good headline. And let's be honest, uh, Newsies knew about clickbait headlines before the internet could even be imagined. I mean, to be absolutely fair, so do our two main antagonists here, Joe Pulitzer yeah. and William Hurst. Like these two guys together clickbaited the country into a goddamn war with Spain. Yeah. Not to mention Horace Greeley, shown in the opening of the film, who might as well have been Tom Sloan's relative. Never let yeah. the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly right. <laughs> so the music quiets, and now we meet the local goons, the Delancey brothers. <laughs> what is that unpleasant aroma? New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's the city, but I guess the the brothers add a little extra something. Um, but the um, brothers in their bowler hats are no match for cowboy Jack <laughs> Kelly, who outruns the goons and runs into a more fancily dressed teen and his little brother. These are David and Les. 
And at least this movie is less depressing than the other one from this era of Christian Bale. Let's <laughs> let's just never review Swing Kids, despite its killer oh. soundtrack and Bale tag teaming with Jeremy Capello. Let's just not talk about Nazi propaganda yep. and how it affected the Hitler youth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, that's that's one that I have heard about but never seen. So all right. Well, we're we're now 10 minutes into into this film and the song is finally over because <laughs> it's been a while, <laughs> which means it's time to get them papes. This is not the vaudevillain's origin story I was expecting. I'll just say that. <laughs> really? It was pretty on track for me. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> so Jack approaches the window manned by Mr. Weisel or Weasel, as they so affectionately call him. It's Weisel. Weisel. And they and Jack buys his 100 papes. The rest of the newsies get their chance at the window. And here comes David in his, you know, nice little fancy boy outfit. And he asks for 20 papes, but Weasel has shorted him. So Jack points out that Morris can't count to 20 with his shoes on. And that <laughs> sure explains how he goes on to be the worst banker on the planet in blank check. <laughs> Drag him. Juice? No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not thirsty. <laughs> uh, and he buys David more papes than he asked for. And David just doesn't want any part of this. But Jack insists on a partnership. And and here comes Crutchy saying, you learn from Jack. You learn from the best. But it's more like you loin from Jack. You loin from the best. <laughs> but I, I, I can't do Crutchy justice. But um, what Jack really wants is cute little less the little brother to help with his pape selling angle um so you know david just agrees because i don't know that david really has a choice at this point he's just in this yeah. why me last pipe mister and of course with less in there once he makes a little money he'll be able to manage the minnesota twins with that acumen oh shit Hey-o. that's the kid yeah that's, it is that's a little little big league that's correct wow <laughs> this really is a who's who of 90s family mm-hmm. movie stars ish c-list stars or something <laughs> i don't know but uh so jack wants to seal the deal with a spit shake but um i'm team david and thinking it's kind of gross well at least he didn't open it up with the loy cannon from fargo a season four response to such a, a proposal with palm slicing and trying to do cool. blood because nobody needs to get consumption that easily in this era yeah the, the movie would be over because everyone would just die so that's it to, from right. uh to, from uh tuberculosis <laughs> oh. oh it sounds so cute when you say it like that so... <laughs> the boik <laughs> so we zoom out and into the office of mr pulitzer oh robert duvall just yep. chewing that scenery <laughs> and he is just complaining about the boring ass headlines and oh my god like kind of like what we were saying earlier, if these fogies could just see what news is like now, quote unquote news. I don't even Ooh. know if I can call it that anymore. No, no that's so bad. So the, his uh, Pulitzer stooges are there with him, allowing him to wax on about creating the world and wanting more money. Yeah, wanting more money, a sentiment that is much more charming when Nathan Lane screams it in the producers. Um. Brian, what the hell isn't more charming when Nathan Lane says it? <laughs> you know what? Fair point. Withdrawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and this is all going to bode really well for the Newsies. Oh, a, yeah. m- a money-hungry man in a like almost literal ivory tower. But speaking of the Newsies, <laughs> Team Jack is off selling at an outdoor boxing match shouting out improving the truth versions of the headlines <laughs> yeah improved truth is the grandfather of fake news 
Yep. And we we see the this old ass guy with the the uh, round card, a slate with the round card on it. <laughs> round fifty eight of a bare knuckle boxing match. Oh. Boy, it's a nice day for cranial trauma. Now there's the vaude villain's origin story I was expecting. <laughs> and Bale is, of course, happy to be the Enzo Amore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we notice that this creepy ass man in suits <laughs> spots Jack and he points him out to a cop, a cab, even in 1899, or especially in 1899, <laughs> who knows. But um, meanwhile, Les comes and announces that he's made money off a bet that he wouldn't drink a beer. So we've got kids smoking cigars and a drunk nine-year-old <laughs> and oh, the good old days. Yeah, for, forget those edgelords all whining about blazing saddles. This is the movie done, <laughs> that belongs under the heading you could never make this today. No. Especially Disney. <laughs> it really... Oh my God. You guys, it's a free country. Watch me give my baby beer, my very cool <laughs> baby, drinking the beer. Oh, Deal all the it. cool... All the cool babies drink beer at mm-hmm. outdoor boxing matches where people are just going to die by the end of it. Um, but you know what? It's our podcast. It's time for a chase scene. <laughs> as Jack flees the creeper and the cops. And is this really a buy high chase scene? Don't, don't those have a five car minimum? <laughs> oh, it should have been like five horse drawn carriages, but w- like led by Teddy Roosevelt. But that's of course. that's my fan fiction version of this movie. Um, we that, learn that, that comes the, later. That comes later. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt just leads a charge to Santa Fe. Um, we learn that the creepy dude is Snyder from a place called the Refuge, which Jack describes as jail for kids. Snyder calls Jack Sullivan, but Jack brushes it off when David looks for answers. So, you know, not like that's going to play any role later. Jack's story is that he escaped the refuge by riding out on Teddy Roosevelt's carriage. Seen this? <laughs> hoid about this? <laughs> but I hoid about it. You hoid about it, yeah. At this point, my plot device senses tingling something fierce. And uh, also for my fellow cinephiles out here, uh, Snyder here is played by Kevin Tai whom I know personally as a two-episode village in the show Leverage and as the owner of the Double Deuce nightclub in Roadhouse. A two-episode village, Brian? Two, I said villain. You said village. <laughs> I said two-episode two episode villain in the show Leverage. It's later than you, we usually record. <laughs> it is. And- it is later. It is a Sunday night. And we now... Don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been drinking too much of my nine year old's beer. (laughs) Gonna start saying the baby's baby's beer (laughs) in these meager times. My son's cooler than I am. (laughs) I gotta get out of here with my gimpy leg and my lame horse, Gary. (laughs) Oh God! So now that guy, that village from Leverage, um, he he's creepy in everything I've ever seen him in. I feel like he's one of those guys, right? That's always kind of a creep. He plays a lot of villains, yeah. Yeah, like that's just his, that's his type. So the boys eventually get to take their own refuge backstage at a vaudeville theater owned by Meta Larkson. Well, I'm glad to see there actually is a woman in the movie. <laughs> yes, and I think that's Anne Margaret, right? So she's a she's a pretty big, uh, big name person yes, that indeed. they got for this so les coughs and tried to sell and tries to sell his last pape to meta <laughs> who knows and he's like behind me last pape misses or something and she knows meta knows that jack clearly taught him everything he knows quick learner <laughs> i guess but there's not too much time to talk because meta has to go sing her little coochie coo song 
Okay, well, we can't neglect <laughs> the tootsie mootsie doodly do of it all. No, either. we can't. <laughs> Who put the bump in the bump? Yeah. <laughs> and let's just say at this point, David is enraptured. It seems this boy is unfamiliar with how boners works. Work. Okay. <laughs> boners Edit work. point. How boners works. <laughs> uh, the boy is unfamiliar with how boners work. Anyway. And uh, it's... It's clear also in this moment that Meta has some experience either with Newsies in particular or like with Jack and other street boys in general, since one of the things she lets Les do is uh, take whatever he wants from a guy dressed as a clown that has a tray of candy, which I think is actually really classy. Yeah. And all I could think of when watching this number was Lucy the Slut from Avenue Q just walking in, just going, <laughs> I can make you feel special when it sucks <laughs> to be you. <laughs> and they, they said a friend of my farters and these accents are just <laughs> killing me. Hello, Fada. <laughs> yeah, Th this is why Christian Bale doesn't talk about this film. Friend of me farters. So after the show, the boys head outside, and Jack tells David that his family is out west looking for a new place to live. The pipe dream is interrupted by the trolley strikers, so the boys need to scram. And uh, my inner nine-year-old is standing up and cheering right now because explosions. <laughs> And also an unfortunate hint of what our boys are going to be facing later on as we see a bunch of um, union busters beating the crap out of people. Oh, my. Well, you know, the turn of the century, the 20th century, was a notoriously great time for workers' <laughs> rights in America. Not, not like now where everything's great. No, it's just yeah. now we've got a lot more weaponry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is really wild watching this to see just how little has changed, but... <laughs> Anyways, David and Les, um, unlike Jack, live with their family. So they bring Jack home for dinner. There's mom and dad who is unable to work because his arm is busted. Now, every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I have my mind going <laughs> off of, is this actual busted or is this, Grandpa, my legs don't work until there's something fun to do with Joe busted? <laughs> I, th I think it's actual busted because it's in yeah. a sling for a reason. It does yeah, we're, like we're actual. Yeah, we're actual busted. And then there's sister Sarah, who exists simply because the movie <laughs> needs a love interest for Jack. Eh, come on, let him eat cake. Yeah, yeah pretty and, much. Yeah, it's a big night. The family's going to eat cake. And uh, Les starts singing the Coochie Coo song in his drunken slumber. <laughs> and I am uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, uh, just, I, yeah. I haven't seen the new stage adaptation yet, but I'm pretty sure they give Sarah a little bit more to do in that one. Well, I I did put on the stage adaptation the other night, oh. um, and I watched an hour of it. I didn't see a Sarah existing, but the Dent the Denton um, character is a yeah. woman in that movie who becomes the love oh. interest for Jack. Oh, I, yeah. I just I wasn't super compelled because of my I think affection for this movie, but maybe I'll finish it. 
another day. So yeah, I don't think Sarah even exists in that movie or in the the, that's um, that's actually kind of that's that's actually kind of cool if you think about like uh, our man Denton as uh, the Nellie Bly of his time in that regard. Yeah. So so yes, it's it's kind of a different (laughs) different vibe. So after dinner, uh, Jack and David chat on the balcony with David actually starting to now talk about how his dad lost his job because there was no union to protect him. Yes, said like someone who has never had to sit through anti-union propaganda at the first day of orientation. Don't they know that unions only exist to pay the leaders of the union? Not like those CEOs of the company you're working for, right? Pay no attention to the jackass behind the curtain. (laughs) Yeah, I I had to sit through much anti-union propaganda at an old job, and my goodness, it's a whole thing. So David invites Jack to stay the night, but he declines because there's a song to sing. So I'm guessing these next minutes that follow... Or why Christian Bale really doesn't want to talk about this movie much, but yep. I but I am here to talk all about him belting out his orphan sadness while wearing a little neckerchief and vest. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And Jack is totally the Disney princess of this picture. He gets the I want song here. Yes. yes. I do feel for him though. His idea of utopia is New Mexico, which <laughs> Let's just say it's on a lot of top 10 worst states for X videos. <laughs> I mean, Jesse. to be fair, was it was it even a state in 1899 or a ter- was it a territory? Yeah. Or, at that point, I don't I don't know. I know Santa Fe was a city. I'm not sure if New Mexico was mm. a state yet. Yeah. Jesse, we need to sell the papes. Yes, Mr. White. <laughs> that was my little Breaking Bad sketch I just did while Riz was set up. <laughs> anyway, Holy fuck, though, like Christian Bale is tearing this up and I love that scarf. It's yes. The scarf is really doing it for me. His little <laughs> signature look. And Jack has been telling the story that his family is out there looking for a new life for them all. But it, it's clear from the song. There's no one out there for him. But enough about the lyrics. Let's talk about that <laughs> dance break that ends with Jack stealing a horse. Like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> God, I've heard I have heard Christian Bale in interviews talk about how this is the song that that continues to haunt him all throughout the rest of his life. And especially he brings up a moment when they were filming uh, 310 to Yuma Mm -hmm. and he had to fly into the titular city in New Mexico (laughs) to join up with the filming production. (laughs) And so the song started playing in his head. He breaks oh, no. into a sweat and just has a whole <laughs> visceral reaction. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? He he did the thing. He gave <laughs> all he had to that song. And mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate it being something we could all share right now. So after bedtime for Bale. Which is the name <laughs> of my new indie band. As it, as it should be. Uh, we wake <laughs> up in um, Pulitzer's office where one of the Stooges suggests charging the Newsies more for their papes or other idea, they could cut salaries at the top of the company. <laughs> no, uh, the rich boys are not taking pay cuts. So it's time to fuck the Newsies. <laughs> and in the words of the immortal Robert Wool, boy, how things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the main thing that has changed is the rampant gray khaki minimalism that would surely be the aesthetic of this office if it was set in current day. <clears throat> but the parachutes always golden no matter the era (laughs) yep as golden parachutes before parachutes were invented Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So the the big boys up up in the the high tower make their decision, and the news boys down below are not happy, and they're lamenting the news of the the increase in price as they wait outside of the Weasel's stand. Les tells the newsies to give Jack room to think, and someone offers him a cigarette because that helps too. <laughs> I mean, I guess. There it is. Now we know why Eric and Topanga were smoking between all the scenes on set. (laughs) (laughs) So David brings up the word strike. So Jack just jumps right on that. They're a union now. They're going to bust the heads of anyone who doesn't join them. So that's simple, right? I, for one, am a big fan of this proposed Michael Scott method. I declare (laughs) union! And and so it is. (laughs) That's it. Easy. But at least we've got David to help get down to the details. So the boys tell Jack to tell them what to do. But Jack defers to David for the message. He worked with storyboards. It helped to juggle all of that symbolism. (laughs) (laughs) So David gives the bare bones ideas, but Jack clickbaits them as any good newsy should. So this is another uh, historical parallel. Um, David's last name is different here in the movie. I I can't actually remember what it is. Um, But he's clearly meant to be based on the real life uh, David Simmons, who is the other named leader of the real newsboy strike. Yeah, because it was it was David and and Kid. It was David and Kid Blink. Yep. But instead, we have the fictionalized Jack Cowboy Kelly as our other <laughs> leader. So, you know, we're we're getting into getting into a song here, and they're asking, "What's it going to take to stop take the stop the wagons? Are we ready?" And everyone but David says, "Yes." And <laughs> no! then they're all they're all singing now, <laughs> which is well known as the most persuasive means of conducting business. Absolutely, yeah. and da- David is watching, but he's not buying in yet. The boys are dancing <laughs> among the ripped papers and singing that Pulitzer and Hearst may own the world, but they don't own us. Oh my God, they get so much mileage out of the fact that Pulitzer's paper is the New York world. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I love as the song goes on, how hastily they stick in, and the journal too, after <laughs> yes. the big uh, The World Will Know chorus, just to make it clear. <laughs> yeah. And like, let, let's just take one sec to talk about how a Disney musical with this pro-union message just snuck on in there in the year 1992. <laughs> it's a thing that happened. Yeah. that And that fact, like the message is one of the big reasons why it really didn't fare so well on release. But boy, it had a hell of a reappraisal thanks to home video. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have just leaned all the way in and called it unionese. That's, I, yeah, that's not that... as easy off the tongue, I don't think. <laughs> the union to is an a, unskilled a user. I don't know. <laughs> you can workshop that, get a storyboard going, and, and see what happens. Leader of the union. Ease. And... <laughs> so David finally says workers' rights and joins the singing as Jack writes strike on the headline chalkboard and as this happens bill pullman i love you watches from a distance <laughs> so when the singing is over it is time for some planning so the the gang needs to recruit more newsboys so the boys are going to go on diplomatic missions of sorts no one wants brooklyn but jack david and boots are on it <laughs> Oh, 
I don't hear any McCools. Guys, I think you're actually muted. Hello? There you oh, go. there you are. Yeah. White boy scared of Brooklyn ended up moving to South Dakota and making threatening comments on the YouTubes. <laughs> so Denton, um, which is Bill Pullman, approaches David to get more information about the strike just as Jack and Les get tossed out of Pulitzer's building. And I, and I wrote in the notes at this point, unsurprisingly realistic outcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would like a little less of my own to say, yeah, to emphasize <laughs> what I say and be my little guy that says, yeah, boss, hoity-toity. I'll, uh, I'll rent you my kids. You either <laughs> want, a, you either want a, a, a cute little kid next to you or a guy who's like three times your size backing <laughs> yeah. you up with a, yeah. Yeah, boss. <laughs> yeah, boss. <laughs> knuckles get him right on it boss <laughs> or just like a big guy named tiny just behind you like, because they always are they always are <laughs> so denton treats jack and the brothers to lunch and lets them know that they're an important story jack makes a point to tell denton to get his name right for the papers jack kelly but no pictures and i wonder why hmm <laughs> The recruitment mission for other newsies is activated as Jack and company head across the bridge to Brooklyn. Bridge yelling. <laughs> yes, big bridge yelling. And they're going to spot Conlin's territory. <laughs> David, David the Mouth uses flattery to try to convince Spot to join the strike. And marbles, because who can refuse marbles? Well, slingshot yeah. ammunition, especially. <laughs> yeah, that's that's their ammo. Uh, Boots brings the marbles. And Spot admires David's brains, but he says he has brains, too. Yeah, and the immortal words of Sid Vicious. You know and I know that you're only half the man I am, and I have half the brain you do. <laughs> what's, and... the line from the, what's the line from uh, Lord of the Rings? I, like, I know less than half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as much as you deserve. <laughs> Let them figure it out. <laughs> so so Spot is not is not ready yet to just jump into things. And he wants to see how the newsies will react when the going gets tough before he commits to anything. So I'm pretty sure in my in my uh, reading of this, I think Spot Conlon is also one of the named newsboys in the original strike, like historically speaking. But I don't remember if he had any kind of like major role other than he was there at the time. And Spot Conlon, Conlon in this film is played by uh, Gabriel Damon who I know from an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and also as a drug dealer's foul-mouthed elementary school henchman from RoboCop 2. I mean, really that, the, the that checks roles. out. <laughs> big big <laughs> role, yeah. I, Hob was a big role, honestly. He he ends up the entire movie. Um, he drives half the plot after the, big, after the main villain uh, gets killed. Mm. But unfortunately, he did not end up in Mighty Ducks. So <laughs> no, sadly, no. Too bad. I know that like this guy could have gone on to be in like Mighty Ducks in the Big Green or something, but but no, he just <laughs> RoboCop and and shooting marbles and newsies. So the newsies gather at this this statue, which is always kind of their gathering place in the like city square. They gather there with their strike signs, and now here's David's moment to sing. Yeah, between this and Dead Poet Society, this phrase was really popular in this film era, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah really. this seize the day, um, carpe diem <clears throat> sort of attitude. And this is the rallying <laughs> song of the film with the one for all and all for one chorus. 
And can we do this now, but for like all of Amazon, get someone to go and sing and, you know. <laughs> Just walk walk through your distribution center and start singing, open the gates <laughs> yes. and seize the day. Right. All right. Ready. Only if, only if part of it is everyone ceremonially uh, dumping their pee jars on the CEO and majority oh. shareholders. Oh, Two votes. that would be so much pee. That would be so much pee. Well, I mean, Bezos is currently trying to buy the Washington football team. So if he succeeds at that, I believe that is part of the job description. Yeah. <laughs> mm, so the, anyway, I have a legit question. Am I yeah. the only person in the world who doesn't hate the commander's uh, name? I don't hate I, their name. I don't I just, hate it. Yeah, I don't hate their name. I I mean, it's and I'm I'm local to this area, though. I'm not super invested in in football, but I mean, it's better than the former name. So, <laughs> you know, and, it's yeah, it's just like all the hate for the Cleveland baseball team's new name. It's like you're just mad that it's not the racist name anymore. Shut yeah. up. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's even get more, over it. It's I love the Guardians, too, because it's more representative of the city. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I love that. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't understand the, the hate for it. It's, it's better than the alternative. So, anyways, the, the gates to the Pape store are open, and the union is attempting to recruit more members. Some join, but one big boy isn't into it. So Jack, super smart of him, knocks the Papes out of his hand, and it's on. Papers are flying. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just did the Keenan Thompson window taunt from Mighty Ducks yep. too. Oh, they did. <laughs> Pass that they along. Did. Yeah, it was exactly that. And oh no, here come the cops. Crutchy can't get away fast enough. So the Delancey brothers are there to fuck shit up. God, Lone Star just watches on as they beat up a handicapped boy <laughs> two on one. Good on you. Yeah. I'm disabled. But really, I I laughed out loud at how pleasantly Crutchy, as he's getting hauled away, is just like, hey, what are we doing? <laughs> And we get some we get some inspiration from this film about I guess where Ryan Johnson got some of his slang for brick because I think at one point when the whistles start what uh, Jack yells cheese at the bulls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it turns out that Crutchy got sent to the refuge, which is where all arrested orphans go. Jack and Dave drop in on their friend, like literally Jack is on a rope because they want to bust him out. <laughs> I love this. He, Crutchy's there. He sees Jack hanging by his waist and is marveling at the idea that, that Dave is up on the roof. I just love the way he goes. Hey, is that Dave? How you doing, Dave? God, he's <laughs> chewing the ham with this scene. Crutchy's oh, a good he, one. Yeah, he's at a full on pig roast to like ham at this scene. So unfortunately, <laughs> the the goons really fucked him up. So Crutchy is not ready for this great escape. And and I I kind of admire this in a way because Crutchy has a really interesting moment of asserting his pride here. Um, Jack offers to, that he and Dave can help carry him out of the building. And then Crutchy puts his foot down like with the finger wagging everything. Hey, nobody is carrying me nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, you see that little bit of him where he's just like, "Nope, I'm, I'm gonna stay here right the now kid, and not the, not just get carried." Yeah, the 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 kid's a, a bit of a doof, but damn, he's got some fire in him. Oh, oh, he does. He's got a he's got a big spark <laughs> in that in that little crutchy. So during during the visit, we see Snyder coming in carrying a skinny stick and just hitting it, and this guy evokes instant fear in these poor kids mm-hmm. Some, something about speaking softly and carrying a big stick <laughs> well that part comes later <laughs> um crutchy shows off his uh, good charisma roles in this moment you see him uh, calmly chatting up warden, warden snyder 
to distract him from the window. So yeah, Crutchy's a real good one. <laughs> it's so good. And then as... Mr. Snyder. <laughs> yeah, while he's distracted, we see these other kids run over to see what's going on, including one of them looking like a young Luke Skywalker. <laughs> In his little nightshirt. Yeah, he yes. got it up. <laughs> a little bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> bowl cut and nightgown. <laughs> Those nice feathered bangs. Yes. <laughs> they they did their hair nice in the refuge i mean that's cool so after a short interlude with angry pulitzer we're back to the boys with our like reprise of seize the day complete with makeshift Mm. drums and fist pumping if there's a dancing ham award like these boys are winning one right now oh my absolutely but i I have i have a moment of of a real personal appreciation to talk about here which is can we talk for a moment about how hauntingly beautiful that acapella reprise of seize the day is yes strong, strong agree and oh, i'm not normally God. a fan of such things i i, I don't see I, I don't know if it's really if really, it's really sexist of me to put it this way but i don't know if a great way to other uh, another great way to describe it i have a really personal love of all male choral arrangements um because when they're good they are magical um i'm just thinking of like in high school uh Riss, one of our mutual friends was in i think a, a county chorus festival and they did an all-male uh rendition of the song prayer of the children which is is enough to make me cry to this day was that rob uh that would have been uh john's oh oh well he had a hell of a voice <laughs> yes he did and you don't even need to take my word for it like for choral arrangement like for choir specific music look at the success of games like halo and skyrim for two big examples those games sold half on their soundtrack alone yes oh the halo music yes this is that haunting wail into into the into the into the void Uh uh-huh anyway (laughs) no no we get like that beautiful music and then it's a face-off between the union and the scabs and jack wants to soak them for crutchy <laughs> and so that's a good plan except the other side brought weapons in new york who knew in new york <laughs> yeah oh they're gonna and... soak them with the pee yeah all that yeah. all that warehouse pee from weasel's weasel's shop there's a lot of pee there so <laughs> denton asked the cops to intervene but nah a cab but never fear yep. Brooklyn is here. <laughs> okay, is anyone else getting Hook Lost Boys vibes with this movie? That is Absolutely. another Disney oh, movie yeah. from this time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No I, question. It is full on Lost Boys. And they brought their <laughs> slingshots, and it's a melee because, and because it's a 90s kids movie, we definitely get a dick <laughs> here. Yeah. We, get some, su- yeah. we get some surprisingly realistic punch sound effects, too. And this is an example, I guess, uh, again, of the, the truth of what the labor movement was. Um, you know, there there were earnest negotiations. There was actual attempts to do things bureaucratically. Sure. But it was mostly a running street fight. And then you stop and think, oh, my God, these are kids. Yep. Yeah. And I used to be more in a mindset where it would be harder for me to imagine. But when I look at how aggressive Gen Z can get at times. <laughs> I wonder if this will be the next generation that absolutely <laughs> goes off like this. If Gen Z doesn't like it's, the it's, latter part of it. It's like that line from the last of us show. It's like this generation came up after the end. They don't know how to do anything. They come out with their fists swinging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and swinging they do like in this. And yeah, I mean, I guess 
eventually another another generation comes and just takes up that like carries that banner forward <laughs> so the but the boys win this battle and they land in the papes complete with a group photo and a photo after jack specifically told denton no pictures i mean and, I, to, yeah. to be fair at this moment jack knows the pictures happening like he right, poses exactly. for it <laughs> he i he seems so like caught up in the moment and so proud and the picture is just this kind of goofy shot with like somebody's like holding his foot because someone stepped on his foot i think that's a <laughs> racetrack and but jack is there kind of back center real proud of what's going on yeah and now we're going to get to one of my favorite <laughs> hammy songs of the oh, film mine too um the king of new york yes scene. so the gang gathers in the one restaurant in the city because that's where they always are they're checking out their front page story in the new, york, new york if you will yes oh i will and oh it is song time and so we have one of the hammiest newsies racetrack taking the lead on this one talking about how if you're in the papes you're famous and the boys list all the things they do with their fame and fortune but the focus shifts quickly to their man denton because he is the king of new york and i love bill pullman just full stop and please don't tell me he's problematic <laughs> no i i don't think he is no no, as of now, early 2023, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, good. And, so carrying on. Yeah, yeah. All, all the stuff that the kids list, like um, a mezzanine seat in the movie theater. Um, to see the flickers. To see the flickers. <laughs> uh, a new suit. I, I also love a kid blink, a Saturday night with the mayor's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just horny boys. That's oh, it. Yeah. Like, when it all comes down to it, they, they just want to like follow their boners it's, it's, so it's, that's it. it's good that they get a lot of their energy out through the dance numbers let's put it that way they do yeah they, <laughs> they spend a lot of energy and so they they do their song and then the guys really want to keep their momentum going so it's time to plan a rally and they say the biggest loudest most ralliest rally <laughs> the city has ever seen so yeah. that's the goal so from the joy of the restaurant, we travel to a sweaty crutchy <laughs> delivering Snyder's dinner like it is hot in there. Crutchy notices Jack in the paper on Snyder's desk, dang, and instantly names his friend Crutchy. <laughs> he tries to backtrack. He tries, but Snyder is on to him. I never heard of him. My brain has a mind of its own. <laughs> I just wrote the notes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, not not good. So Snyder heads over to the Newsboy Hotel where Father Time is so nicely helping the boys prepare for their rally. Yeah, and with that, by that we mean he's looking at a sign that says strike and he's like, mm, pretty good. He's yeah. He's checking their protest signs. <laughs> he is. He's there for encouragement. And yeah, and that's the thing too, is that there, you know, there's these teenagers asking if they spelled the word strike, right? Because they are working. They are not going to school. They yep. are like, so it, there's these little moments that, that bring you back to like who these kids are and what their world looked like. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we all see that Snyder's coming in there. So Jack also sees this and hides among the newsies and evades <laughs> the warden for now by making his way out of the building to outside Sarah's window. Hamana, hamana, hamana. <laughs> yeah, no, she's still in this movie. Yeah, and he's just tired after seeing a young Joff Joffrey Baratheon out there on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Sarah tells Jack to meet her on the roof and she brings him breakfast. The roof is rad and like the tomatoes look bomb. It's a great little garden up there. And but then I'm starting to think that this movie won't pass the Bechdel test. And and no, and mostly because it's another case where we don't have enough female characters in the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to get one in for the hetero romance because I didn't even movie without one. <laughs> yeah. So Jack talks up Santa Fe again, which is a character in itself. And Sarah is clearly crushing super hard on this guy that slept outside her window. I mean, can you blame her? Young Christian Bale is so dreamy. Mm, I mean, true. yeah, I, I watched this movie so much as a child, and he was definitely <laughs> one of my first crushes. Like, I, I get it, Sarah. I get it. But his description of Santa Fe just sounds like an Ultimate Warrior promo. Put <laughs> 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 the moon and the stars in the sky, Newsy Hulk Hogan. <laughs> God, well, I hope that he doesn't plan on opening a turquoise shop because he'll be out of business in a week's time. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, so now it's time to just, you know, get away from the love story. Again, we we checked in on that. It's still happening, but it's time for another meeting of Pulitzer and the Stooges, but this time with special guests, Snyder and the mayor. They want to make an example out of Jack by arresting him at the rally. Rabble rouses, rabble these nuts, <laughs> what I say. <laughs> That's also what Milo and Zeke would say. They've, and, dis- they've um... discovered these nuts jokes. So and, and telling great. also you want to talk about uh, political corruption as well as business corruption. We have that mm-hmm. moment where Pulitzer invites the the mayor to his uh, weekly poker game full of movers and shakers. Yep. So yeah. plot device, plot device. <laughs> yeah the the city is just it, it is just corruption like that. It, the city is corruption incarnate, and that's where we are. And says something a little more light. The newsies are packing Irving Hall for their <laughs> rally. True to real life, in fact, including yeah. the name of the building, Irving Hall. Yep. So they they are there, and Meta has has welcomed them in there, <laughs> and Pulitzer is bringing, like you said, the mayor to rub elbows with the city's bigwigs at some rich man card game. It's. I, I never knew this movie was the inspiration for the painting <laughs> poker. <laughs> it, it pretty much is. It's interesting, also, because it's it's. It's not just city bigwigs. I believe it's the the editor in chief of literally every newspaper in the city, including his biggest rival, William Randolph Hearst. Well, yeah, because they when it comes to money, and that's really all that they're all about. Like yep. they can they can sit down at the end of the day and play poker because they're all rich and they just <laughs> want to fuck everybody else. Like it's the common, the newsies are their common enemy at this point. So let's play poker and figure out how we can fuck them over. Exactly so, right. Yeah. So we're at the rally and Jack, David and Spot take the stage and Davey's telling the newsies that it's time to stop soaking the scabs. And that sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I don't like yeah, it. It's gross. Um, Spot disagrees, but Jack is team Dave. And because Jack is team Dave, everyone else bandwagons. And we get from Spot that I say that what you say is what I say. To oh, hey, it's the debate I heard about <laughs> Minneapolis from everyone who didn't live there in 2020. Uh, <laughs> but it's song time because we haven't had one in a minute. And Meta <laughs> comes out looking like vaudeville cotton candy and entertains the horniest <laughs> crowd in the city. Absolutely. <laughs> like that. That's it. And something wicked this way comes, however, with Snyder lurking in the back of the venue. Sarah floods her basement while Jack looks at her and sings. And it's while he's singing the line, 
sometimes there's nothing to eat. Not exactly a basement flood-inducing no. line for me. But if only he said only pussy to eat, then we would be talking. That's what he meant in the non-Disney version. So mm. the boys push Meta on her sex swing and then hoist her up in front of the cheering crowd while Denton tries to distract Snyder. And uh, I love the use of an old-timey um, pan of flash powder for this as he holds up the camera. <laughs> Picture for the paper, sir? Just whoosh. <laughs> and, and David warns Jack, but it's too late. The fuzz is here and chaos breaks out. I got entirely too excited that there was going to be a sex swing related <laughs> escape or wait, 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 wait. That, that was me improving the truth. See, <laughs> took a cue from the newsies. Yeah. And for the differences I thought this film would have with swing kids, a theater getting invaded by Nazis is unfortunately something it has in common. Wait, did I say Nazis? I meant cops. Wait, what's my point? The pictures are the same. <laughs> yep. Exactly. The newsies get arrested, uh, but they're bailed out by their man Denton, who lets the boys know that unfortunately no papers covered the rally. Yeah, he makes a point, not even his. And again, the editor of the New York Sun was at Pulitzer's poker game. Yeah, because they are all in They are all together. there. That's it. And as the boys make their way out of the courtroom, Jack is brought in on his own charges of inciting a riot and resisting arrest. Oh, I broke a window pane. My sister's child was close <laughs> to death and we were starving. We we do get a great line in the trial scene the from Spot Conlon. And it's one that I love. Your Honor, I object. On what grounds? On the grounds of Brooklyn, sir. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> so Snyder steps in to speak for Francis Sullivan, an escapee and criminal. So that, that's where that name uh, comes in. The judge orders Jack to be incarcerated until age 21 while the newsies just look on because what can they do? Mm. So we're back at the only restaurant in New York <laughs> where, <laughs> where Denton bids adieu to the boys. He's getting sent back to cover the war or, as he says, you know, the really important stories. Well, he's going to be limping by the time he gets back to Dottie Henson. <laughs> All the way uh, to Oregon? He's got a ways to travel. <laughs> So before he leaves, Denton gives David the story he'd written for the rally, but David crumples it up. The boys head out and Les wraps up the biggest hot dog I've ever seen. <laughs> the sausage is bigger than his whole goddamn body. <laughs> um, also, uh, Chekhov's gun firmly established because he uses the crumpled up story to wrap up his food. No Chekhov's hot dog? Did that not come through? It oh, did not. Oh, there it no, goes. It Hello. 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 There we go. Okay. I would call it Chekhov's hot dog. And now I really want a hot dog. Oh, me too. I'm just picturing like Homer Simpson salivating like Chekhov's mm. hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Can Flat you tell me? Yeah, we, we are in a Simpsons phase in my household. <laughs> so we... We're just watching it all. Thank you, Disney Plus, for both Newsies and the entire Simpsons catalog. So, You're David, welcome, consumer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they really care about me. David and the gang then head to the refuge just as Jack is led out and put into a horse-drawn carriage. The student has become the master as Dave hitches a ride on the carriage and takes the lead in advising the Newsies on their <laughs> next move. The carriage stops in a supervillain's mansion and Jack is brought inside to face the enemy and the enemy wears a velvet smoking jacket. 
It's at this point I hear uh, John Polito from Blank Man going, any asshole can monologue to our hero, but it takes a true villain to do it in satin. <laughs> and if he went into a rant about how the Civil War was actually just about states' rights, he'd complete mustache, quill, <laughs> and bingo. I love that. He talks about, I served in the Civil War, and Jack's like, oh, did you win? <laughs> so this is Pulitzer and Jack going head to head with Pulitzer essentially offering a bribe. And Jack has been through hell and even worse, the justice system. But fuck it all if he doesn't still have his scarf on. Yep. And, <laughs> and he gets told, shut up and listen three times. And I think, the, I think the director must have said, cut, 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 Mr. Duvall, if you could turn the ham up to 11 and poke his chest 47 more times, that'd be great. And Duvall was like, I'll poke him 48 more times and threaten his family and friends with the refuge and scene. <laughs> well done, Mr. Duvall. Outside, it is a quick slide down the banister to David. That might be the easiest escape from supposed custody I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, they must have a similar policy to Walmart's asset protection. If they're running, just let them go, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And go they do to a dark alleyway where Jack just tells David to go while a familiar tune begins to play. In the background, we get the reprise of little Santa Fe. I dreamed a dream of Santa Fe. <laughs> Do you hear the people? Oh, stop it. <laughs> I am a bit sad that they sing about Santa Fe and not about Albuquerque. That's a big missed opportunity. I guess there's just more rhyming options with the former. Yeah. If only. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> but but we want we need to interrupt this moment so we get crutchy orgasming about some food that he served to warden snyder because he's talking to jack and how crutchy he he really just eats up every every scene he is in <laughs> hamming to full capacity and and yeah just a little crutchy sighting but now we get to the newsies the next morning and they say stop the world no more papes they're chanting it's it's just a tough time for the newsies as they notice that their friend has traded his cute little red scarf for, for a posh new getup. Yeah, because Jack has been scabified <clears throat> and outed as not actually Jack. Hey, it's the reaction of a band's fans anytime they have a song that other people like. <laughs> well, you know, more bands need to follow the examples of Chumbawamba and Real Big Fish, I guess. Yes. Sell out and have fucking fun doing it. <laughs> Can't afford to be a kid no more. Am I the only one wishing that horses were also wearing newsy <laughs> hats? I feel like that would be a good addition to this film. Oh, you yeah. You can't kill him if he's wearing people clothes. <laughs> Disneyfy those horses, absolutely. Like the one that Jack stole earlier, like it should have had a cowboy hat on it because it was in the Santa Fe song. And they it just, yeah, we, we yeah. can redo this movie with all these features. I mean, oh, everything yeah. gets remade. This can get remade, too. So one the other thing about outfits at this point, I think we're noticing David looking more newsy-like and looking less buttoned up at this point, kind of showing how he and Jack have switched positions, at least yep. for now. Yep, that, and, that's that's yeah. on record from Kenny Ortega as part oh. of the visual design, yeah. All right, well, I, I really appreciate that, seeing, <laughs> seeing David be, really fully embrace who he is in this movement now. And Les, a little less, says that Jack is just fooling him but the rest of the guys don't buy it. Hey, did Kenny Ortega also confirm the outfit change between the two boys in High School Musical 2 after I Don't Dance? 
I I don't know because, the answer to that question. Because afterwards, I think it's I think it's Ryan and Chad. Like one of them has a baseball uniform and the other one has his dancing stuff. And then in the next scene, they're wearing each other's clothes. <laughs> so this would be on brand for Kenny Ortega. So let's say yes, that it all started with Newsies. <laughs> okay. But we, so we're now going back to Chateau David. <laughs> oh, hi, love interest, whose pure existence is to be an object of desire. I hope you have something to do. <laughs> oh, she does. She reads the pape out loud to us. Wow. Such a deep character. I, too, want to climb right out the window and just dissociate. Oh, bye, David. Yeah, this this is a Wiseau um, length scene here, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a fun slide that the papes come down, and I would like to go down that slide. Oh yeah, that looks like fun. Yeah, that's the pape slide in in like <laughs> Weasel's place, right? Or slide, something. Pape yeah. Slide. <laughs> and so after that really quick stop with the family, <laughs> we see Jack being led down to a basement by Weasel. So this is how uh this is how Saw starts. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess this is Jack's home now. Yeah, he's not the newsy the city wants, but he's the newsy the city deserves. <laughs> <laughs> or this is his villain origin story. And um, speaking of villains, Dumb and Dumber, um, the the Delancey bros, the Delancey I, brothers. I like I forget their names sometimes because they're just like bowler hat stooges. Say they're gonna fix Jack's pal Davy, but instead they run into Sarah. <laughs> wow, Team Bowler Hat just got awfully rapey. Yeah. Yeah. And Les got sorty, but <laughs> not sorty enough. Christ. <laughs> Sarah gets a lick in, though, thankfully, and punches him in the face. Now, these are the school of villains who just love to throw women on the ground. Yeah. Do they feel like a man when they push her around? <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth, Murph. Very good. Oh, no, yeah. Major points for the red jumpsuit apparatus, ref. <laughs> the power of boners is stronger than the power of Hurst. <laughs> yeah, so Jack jumps in to save the day. And he's like, remember, Crutchy? I don't remember that Huey Lewis song, The Power of Boners. <laughs> That's the power of boners. <laughs> So it's time for a field trip. We've arrived now at House Denton, where our fearless reporter and our heroes talk about how to get the word out about the strike. <laughs> He's going to make his own paper. Bruce Wayne sounds about like the business moguls of today, pretty much. <laughs> and Jack uh, knows a guy, printing press Tony. <laughs> he plays marbles with him by the docks in Brooklyn. Um, but <clears throat> a actually, we go to Jack's new home because he's been sleeping with the presses this whole time. I, I read that phrase in the notes and all I could think was sleeping with the presses. Is that a new mobster type thing? Where, you threaten, where you, you send a new case of typeface to a guy wrapped in brown paper to send a threatening message? You're going to be sleeping with the Comic Sans, buddy. <laughs> comic and it's mine. It's life. Don Vito sleeps with the rollers. Sleeping with the papyrus. And it's montage time. Did, and I think Sarah even got a line in that song, didn't she? Uh, exactly one, if yes, my count was correct. That's it. One one line. Good job, Sarah, because she's still here. They yeah, are what printing was it? The news. I'm still here. <laughs> it's like, I'm a girl. And uh, Jack is just still dreaming of his dream home. Oh, just go fuck Santa Fe already. Get over it. <laughs> no kidding. If you love Santa Fe so much, marry it. 
not Sarah. <laughs> They've now printed a fuck ton of paper before the song ends, and the newsies are grabbing them by the stackful. They're handing them out all over the city, literally throwing them from the rooftops. I, I love this montage also because we get racetrack here. It was the best sales pitch ever. Hey, can you read? Yeah, read this. Yeah, that, that's it. So we, we've we moved beyond just rallying the news <clears throat> at this point. They're rallying the city. And Denton is rallying the big dog. Yeah, and Teddy Roosevelt is a motherfucking boss as yes! usual. Monopoly buster for the win. Yeah. I just love that he, he reads the whole thing. He punches his desk in outrage. It's like, and I did nothing until now. And gets right up from his seat. Oh, God, there's three things that you do not mess with in life. Mother nature, mother-in-laws, and motherfucking Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> exactly. So now we're, we, we've got Teddy Roosevelt, so we know we're approaching a resolution. As the whole crew, including Sarah, she's still there, gather around the statue. In musical fashion, it's time for another rendition of our rallying song. And holy shit, there are now a million voices singing. <laughs> I, just, I just hear Brendan Fraser in my head right now. They got the guns. We got the numbers. <laughs> what if the Delanceys come out swinging? I'll clobber them with my two dueling plaid patterns. <laughs> also, um, Jack's outfit has been reminding me of something this whole time. And I just realized that it's what Laura Dern is wearing in Jurassic Park. Oh, it, shit. it is okay. It's like <laughs> it is like a combo of what Laura Dern and Sam Neill are wearing. It's like his his <laughs> bandana, so a little column A, little yes. column B, full yeah. full Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Great. Right. We're just unlocking all these yeah. secrets. What if that's where they got the outfit idea it's, for Jurassic Park? They watch all, newsies. It's, it's all, all one connected. cinematic universe. It is. Yeah, we you are, haven't seen all... them all in the same room, so. Nope. That's it. That's Kenny it. Ortega is Steven Spielberg or something. So <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> the, he wishes. But the crowd assembles outside Pulitzer's office, and one of the stooges laments that it's like the end of the world. Ha ha. You get end it? End of the world. Let me nudge, <laughs> nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Jack presents the newsies pape to Pulitzer, who threatens to break Jack, but Jack didn't come alone this time. He has his mouth, David, who has the numbers. Hapes down 70%. Math, bitch! <laughs> yeah, the, the, the two of them together really break down. At this point, it's very much honor before reason with Pulitzer. And then, realistically, the, the modern part of my brain is thinking, well, you know, the infamy of this event is also going to be driving attention, which still means more sales for him eventually. And, you know, mentioning one of the characters, one of the actors here, was in RoboCop, it really is like the ending of RoboCop. No matter what happens, the bad guys still win. I'm not going back to that channel, Joe. And Joe yells, <laughs> shut up some more. He needed to add one more in there, but instead of shutting up, Jack just opens the window. Shut the window and shut up. I've got more of this painted backdrop than you. <laughs> <laughs> How is his voice so expressive, but his face is just so stoic? There's just <laughs> conflict going on there. No, I can tell you exactly why. It's because Robert Duvall is a hell of an actor. <laughs> and, and he brought he brought his all to this film. And so Pulitzer looks over the paper, which his stooge admits is actually pretty good, and asks whose press was used. Only the best, says Jack. Yours. Well, I was going to say again. Thanks, Joe. Yep. So back outside, Jack announces that they won, and victory surges through the crowd, cheers, all that stuff. Weasel and the Bowler Hat Boys make their exit. Oh, but here comes Snyder. 
It's not what Jack thinks, though, as the refuge boys leave the paddy wagon and Snyder gets in the back. Uh, In cuffs, sweet. And crutchy. He's back. He gets to slam the door (laughs) shut after telling Snyder to make friends with the rats. I am so grateful that they made a jail joke. And for once, it wasn't a prison rape joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Disney. And Crutchy provides the backstory to how we got here to this point. And he says, it was your friend, Jack. Is your friend Teddy Roosevelt. He's all <laughs> blustering on his carriage and waving his cane like a sword. Like, honestly, I can imagine Teddy Roosevelt personally vowing to beat the ever-loving shit out of Snyder right there on his doorstep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cut, 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 cut. Okay, okay, Teddy. It's your shining moment. Doff your hat like a Macy's Day <laughs> robot mannequin. <laughs> And keep the expression just like one. No, no, no. More creepy. More creepy. Pretend this movie doesn't involve a bunch of preteen boys fawning over a totally not drag queen in the club and go. <laughs> oh, like I mean, a Macy's robot mannequin, like one of the animatronic presidents at the Hall of Presidents. They exactly. just wheeled him out. <laughs> it is. Is it? Is it too much to, to say that I kind of wish I could vote for a president who is physically capable of beating my ass in yeah. this modern era? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of. I, I kind of. Teddy Roosevelt was a shithead in many ways, but uh, you know you, you can't fault the guy for being a certified badass. <laughs> no, he, he he came in when when he needed him, and up. Yep. Oh, so we're gonna hear some familiar theme music again. It's it's, it's fucking Santa Fe again. Yay! And uh, Jack rides in the carriage, riding in it this time, and he's leaving the siblings sadly standing on the sidelines. But it has to be back to business for the newsies with a triumphant bit of carrying the banner. David confidently puts down his money for 100 papes. And then you hear the crowd start cheering in the background. What could it be? Oh, it's Jack asking Dave how the headline is. And <laughs> now Dave has his moment to share the the knowledge that Jack taught him earlier that headlines don't sell papes, newsies sell papes. Hell yeah. Guns don't kill people. Newsies kill people. <laughs> Wait, that, that's the sequel. And oh, here, here, here comes Sarah. She's back. I already forgot about her, and she's kissing Jack. Yeah, he almost pulled the Sing Street ending of "Thanks for the help," but fuck y'all, I'm out. But <laughs> then Peace. comes back because the one woman his age he met brought him back no, no wait it's family vin diesel couldn't be proud of it. jk it's it's totally the one woman in this movie his age yeah she, she she served her purpose it didn't pass the bechdel test but um the newsies are carrying the banner yep <laughs> indeed so the large ham i i don't know it's crutchy for me although Duvall and teddy are strong contenders <laughs> yeah this movie served up a ham buffet I'm going to give it to Crutchy and Pulitzer with just a little honorable <laughs> mention to that lady in the first number who sang her community. <laughs> out. Fair, fair. Oh, no, it's, it's time on screen is very short, but honestly, you cannot play Teddy Roosevelt in any role without overselling his personality. But for the whole film, though, I got to go with the accents all the kids use. And I mean, all of them, not just like Crutchy or Racetrack or Kid Blink, all of them. That (laughs) hyper-exaggerated New York drawl is worth the price of admission to this movie. (laughs) I just nominate uh, Jack's scarf. (laughs) Cool. Whip. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Cough out. Okay. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) to to, To wrap up, it's... (laughs) different time from disney pictures if nothing else i like the sets and the historical attention to detail the sentiment is good if a bit mystifying coming from fucking disney then or now every time i started to get into it though 
it turned into a song and a huge dance number and I stopped caring, which is why I'll never watch High School Musical except the bad lip reading version. <laughs> I won't make you. It's fine. I've watched it enough for both of us probably in my <laughs> lifetime already. So the cast is a real who's who, though. Wow. I did spend a fair amount of time on IMDb during the run. I doubt I'll remember much about it by the time we record, other than, holy shit, there's almost zero diversity in this movie. But we covered that in the summary pretty well. It's it's fine for what it is, I guess. <laughs> so I remember liking this movie when I first saw it as a kid and loving it uh, more and more as time went on. And it got more vindicated by regular play on cable. Um, it does make sense, unfortunately, that a weird beast of a premise like the 1899 Newsboy strike for a, a high energy musical didn't land so well in the early 1990s, <laughs> but it did have a great stage revival just a couple of years ago. So I guess after like a hip hop biopic about a founding father made a big splash in 2015, there's a lot more room for really fun historical takes in the world of musical theater. I mean, just look at six, for example, like. Uh, a high energy campy retelling of the six wives of Henry the eighth is now a Broadway hit. Sure. I look forward to going to see it when it comes to Hershey. Um, I joke a little about reality, not living up to the Disney magic. And that's really only half true in this instance. Cause like we I mentioned this already, the labor movement was largely a series of like running street fights and gun battles. And this, this strike was no different overall in real life. It really did end on sort of a positive note for the newsies. Like, the heightened price stayed, but what the kids got in return was the newspapers agreeing to buy back the unsold papers at the end of the day. This allowed the kids to actually recoup some of their losses without having to be working out past midnight every single day, which was part of the big concern for their own well-being and safety. Um, so that's kind of fun uh, to think that there is sort of a happy ending out of this in real life. And beyond that, though, this movie is still a hell of a romp. Like, this is Kenny Ortega's first time, not just as a producer and choreographer, but in the director's chair. Mm. And you can tell a lot of what he learned here served him very well when he got a mega hit with High School Musical just a decade later. Um, I think it's clear enough that for, for some of the actors, most of the actors who had work after this picture, that Newsies was no kind of shameful stain on their resumes, you know? Especially where Christian Bale is concerned, for a guy who originally didn't know he was signing up for a song and dance picture, I think he acquits himself really, really well. Like, he shows off the, the physicality in the dance sequences that definitely served him well in later films like Equilibrium and Batman. And Christian, I think, is, is a hell of a character actor, and I think Jack is a hell of a character. So there's no shame here at all, or there shouldn't be. No. Yeah, no, he... He did, he did his damnedest on Jack Kelly, and I I appreciate that. And like, so this was my childhood comfort movie. So if I'm completely honest, I was almost afraid to choose it for the podcast out of fear that the magic would be lost and be like, oh, oh. fuck, or like this aged so poorly or something like that. But you know, the magic was still there, and and I feel like for a movie that you know it's it's now a bit old, like decades old, it didn't age that poorly no um this was my elementary school sick day vhs tape like watched over and over oh. and we we rented it so much from the local video store before we owned our own copy that the metalhead dude that worked at the <laughs> store gave my dad a newsies poster for me so <laughs> it like so yes th this has a lot of nostalgia and so it was just that movie for me growing up and so watching it as an adult, it was like taking a trip back to my grandma's house on those sick days from school, but with like 
a little more <laughs> laughter at watching my childhood crushes sing off key <laughs> and talk their way through those old timey New York accents. <laughs> I mean, I can look at it with a critical lens and note the lack of representation of much of, you know, not much beyond white newsboys, but that's just what it was. And we can note that the Bechdel test has failed with flying colors, but still I I love this movie. And like I said before, I tried watching the Broadway musical version and I stopped partway through, but I think because I was just in the zone of this as like my newsies that I'll <laughs> I'll try to watch the the Broadway one another time. But I'm just happy that this that this didn't make it like lose anything for me. It made me appreciate it on a different level and get to talk about it with my friends. So always fun. Yeah, I love that. I love that story just for reiterating how awesome people metalheads usually are. Yes. Yeah. Th this was the, the local video store that wasn't like a blockbuster or anything like that. I think it was called Universal Video. And the guys, they, I like, I knew when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, they're like metal guys, like Wayne's World. Because <laughs> 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 it's all connected to Wayne's World, obviously. And yeah, and they were just super cool. And Knew that I loved Newsies. Yeah, Wayne's World and Airheads are two movies that really get what metal culture was. Yes. In many ways. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this. Um, and it was probably better than when you brought Sing Street to us and we tore it <laughs> apart. Because I don't, I didn't really feel the need to do this. And maybe it was just because it was from a different era. So my expectations of it were different. But I just had a lot of fun. Ooh. So... I don't really have anything else to say that hasn't been said. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to hear your boys, New York voices. Yeah. <laughs> I'm walking here. I'll have, I'll have them record it. And yeah, so that wraps it up. And Brian, what are we watching next time? Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, the intentional downer this time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I, I decided to pick a, a serious, picture that is one that for some reason i could not stop watching after the first time i caught it on H on uh, hbo max um we're going to talk about and it's something also that's very relevant to my own personal history growing up in the catholic church and especially living through the era where this movie takes place we're going to be watching the uh, 2015 best picture winner spotlight yay such a all good right movie. well That'll be a, a romping good time. <laughs> it's it actually in, in some in some areas it actually is. I gotta say, like I I loved uh, feeling for the the characters, the newspaper staff as people. It's I know. Just so it's super well done. I'm excited. Is it definitely a change of pace from um, carrying the banner? But it's a different um, <laughs> banner that they're carrying. I, I gotta say, I I definitely uh, on the list of things that I picked and I picked before and that I plan to pick in the future. I really don't have many actual Oscar winners on it. So this is kind of a, a change for me, but this is one that I, I feel like uh, will be fun to dig into. Yeah. Right on. So we will dig into it next time and we're actually on schedule. So hopefully we can keep up this momentum and it's always a delight <laughs> to spend the show with my friends. Yes. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye, Bye -bye. everybody.